Thank you for tuning in to the Fly Mastery Podcast, where our goal is to provide tools, resources, and insights that empowers driven individuals to become the masters of their financial independence journey. I'm Peter Donisanu. And in today's podcast, we're going to talk about whether the U.S. dollar can maintain its dominant role as a reserve currency, even as its value declines in foreign exchange markets today. Now, there's a sensible argument to be made for a diminished worth of the U.S. dollar. Whether it's ballooning government borrowing, massive central bank money printing, or the decline of U.S. geopolitical influence, these various factors point to issues facing the U.S. and potential confidence underpinning its currency. We recorded this podcast because we believe that it's important to understand that there's more to a currency's reserve status than its mere fluctuation in foreign exchange markets. At the end of our time together, my hope is that you have a better understanding of the liquidity, size, and stability factors that give the U.S. dollar its preeminent role in the global economy, and how issues with the euro and the Chinese yuan still make the dollar an attractive destination. So with these points in mind, let's jump into this week's podcast. So is the U.S. dollar in decline today? Well, one indicator that some individuals use to signal the fall in the dollar is the recent foreign exchange market activity. Between March and August of this year, the dollar, as measured by the U.S. dollar index, has lost 9% of its value. At the same time, gold prices have pushed past record highs. And these combined moves suggest that something ominous is happening with the U.S. dollar. Now, while it's tempting to extrapolate near-term developments into the future, let's look at what history has to say about the dollar's movements. From a purely data-driven perspective, history has shown that periods of U.S. dollar weakness are often preceded by strength, especially during times of crisis. So in the months leading up to the March 2020 highs, the U.S. dollar rose in value versus its key trading partners. And this move occurred as individuals and institutions piled into perceived safe haven in U.S. assets as coronavirus uncertainties weighed on the global economic outlook. During times of financial stress and economic uncertainty, the U.S. dollar is often sought after as a globally secured destination to park savings. Even so, this ebb and flow in the dollar is not unique to 2020. In fact, it's evident in prior crises like March 2009 amidst the Great Recession and the popping of the tech bubble in 2001. In fact, after appreciating in 2008 and early 2009, the dollar gave up 13% of its value in five months. In 2001, even the events surrounding the September 11 terrorist attacks, the dollar trimmed 4% of its value during the course of the year. Now, the point here is that a dollar decline today may coincide with legitimate concerns about massive fiscal spending and monetary actions. Even so, correlation should not be confused with causation. Instead, one way to look at the recent dollar moves is from the perspective of a safe haven currency. When economic and geopolitical uncertainties rise, there's a greater demand for the safety of the U.S. dollar. And today, it could be argued that movements in foreign exchange markets reflect less demand for U.S. dollars as global market participants look past today's economic uncertainties. So if we presume that the U.S. dollar fluctuations in foreign exchange markets are consistent with near-term, risk-on, risk-off trends, then what can we make of the U.S. dollar's role as a preeminent reserve currency? In other words, why wouldn't market participants look to the euro or the Chinese yuan as a dollar alternative during times of uncertainty? Well, in its simplest form, there are generally three factors that make a currency a dominant global reserve currency. First, in its use to settle foreign financial obligations. Second, as a means to pay for international trade. And third, as a global store of value. Now, it's often assumed that central banks print money out of thin air. The fact is that financial institutions are primarily responsible for affecting money supply and circulation. And this occurs as banks take in deposits and issue loans. 
Now, one factor that has propelled the dollar into its global reserve status is how financial institutions outside of the U.S. have issued U.S. dollar-based loans. We refer to these dollar-based foreign obligations as euro dollars. And now, while the term was originally coined to represent dollar-based borrowing in a post-World War II Europe, today it applies to U.S. dollar-based obligations in other parts of the world as well. Experience tells us that interest on debt is often paid back to the lender on top of principal owed when we borrow money. In such situations, foreign individuals and firms earning money outside of the U.S. might need to convert their own local currencies in exchange for U.S. dollars to make their lenders whole. And by some estimates, today there are well over $10 trillion in euro dollar deposits outside of the $18 trillion in the U.S. financial system. Now, taken together with loans issued by the International Monetary Fund, the World Bank and Asian Development Bank, the dollar remains a key source of liquidity for the global financial system. Now, another factor that distinguishes a global reserve currency is in its use to settle trade in international goods and services. In the post-war era, the U.S. was a dominant leader in global trade given the fact that it was essentially the last major economy standing. In the decades since, the Eurozone has become one of the world's largest trading powerhouses, and China has risen in prominence as an essential exporter of the world's goods. Even so, data continues to show that the lion's share of trade is settled in U.S. dollars. According to data from the Bank for International Settlements, foreign exchange transactions in U.S. dollars were nearly three times higher than the euro. Indeed, even as China has risen to be a key leader in terms of global trade volumes, the use of the yuan in foreign exchange markets remains a mere fraction compared to the U.S. dollar's use. Looking beyond manufactured goods, essential commodity items like gold, oil, and soybean contracts are largely priced and settled in U.S. dollars. Now, the point here is that buyers and sellers of goods and services globally affect millions of transactions that flow through foreign exchange markets every year and remain overwhelmingly reliant on the U.S. dollar. Now, a third factor that makes a global reserve currency is in its perceived ability to store wealth. Put differently, holders of currency must have a strong belief that its value will remain generally stable over time. And strengthen a currency's economy, its government, and monetary system all contribute to the collective perception of stability underpinning a country's currency. And despite a number of developments over the past decade, the fundamental factors underpinning the U.S. economy, its government institutions, and monetary system remain on solid footing when compared to other global alternatives today. To be sure, it's in this stability and growth and governance that has led to strong foreign capital demand for U.S. markets and a still outsized demand among foreign central banks for U.S. reserve assets. Now, for example, U.S. equity and debt markets account for 40% of global market capitalization. This size makes the U.S. markets the single largest, most stable investment destination for foreign investors. And while U.S. government debt continues to rise and foreign policy changes have led to more uncertainty lately, China and Japan remain two of the world's largest holders of U.S. federal debt, reflecting ongoing trust in U.S. institutions. Another factor to consider is that U.S. dollar-denominated holdings make up well over 60% of world central bank assets according to data from the IMF. These assets are used by central banks to help fund obligations in their own domestic financial systems. And indeed, assets held often reflect a need that banks or institutions in their own countries might have for a particular currency. Taken together, this demand for the U.S. dollar by foreign individuals, governments, and institutions suggests ongoing faith in the U.S. dollar. So far, we've discussed the factors that make the U.S. dollar a global reserve currency. Now, a key question you may be asking yourself is what could change the U.S. dollar status? Well, anthropologists have pointed out that when it comes to an individual's choice to migrate from one geography to another, they not only need a destination to leave their current situation, they also have to have a destination to move towards. 
From a dominant reserve currency perspective, few countries possess the size, liquidity, and stability factors to overwhelmingly support global financial transactions, trade, and use as a store of value. Now, the euro and the Chinese yuan have often been pointed to as potential alternatives to the U.S. dollar. A key question is whether they meet all three criteria of a dominant reserve currency. Now, in terms of the euro, the currency is increasingly benefiting from its size and liquidity factors, but suffers from uncertainty surrounding its political stability. Let's look at the eurozone, for example. Now, the eurozone represents a subset of countries within the European Union, and its currency, the euro, is largely used to facilitate trade and financial transactions within the bloc. Nevertheless, the EU remains a confederation of sovereign states and not a single country would compare to the federalism in the United States. What's more, in recent years, the EU has experienced its fair share of political instability, including the departure of the UK with Brexit and populism that threatens further withdrawals from the EU. Now, what about China? Now, China has undoubtedly made efforts in recent years to internationalize the yuan. These efforts include its inclusion in the IMF's Special Drawing Rights Basket, lending across the Belt and Road Initiative, easing its peg against the U.S. dollar, and opening up its capital markets to foreign investors. And while China has become the world's second largest economy and accounts for a large portion of global trade, a foreign market for the yuan remains small and illiquid on a global relative basis. Now, in terms of stability, President Xi Jinping's pivot away from Deng and more towards Maoist ideology introduces a host of uncertainties related to rule of law and foreign policy in China. The point here is that when it comes to finding a suitable replacement to the dollar as a preeminent reserve currency, the simple fact is that there's no good alternative right now. Until countries like China and the U.S. step up to address size, liquidity, and stability factors, the U.S. dollar is likely to remain a dominant reserve currency into the foreseeable future. Up to this point, we made a case for a generally stable role for the U.S. dollar as it relates to its status as a dominant reserve currency. Even so, a moment may come in our lifetimes when the U.S. dollar may lose this coveted status. Now, what might this mean for your finances? Well, a slow transition from a dominant role to a second-run reserve currency measured over decades might have little noticeable impact for the average household. Indeed, inflation running at a 4% rate could lead to the cost of living doubling in 18 years compared to 36 years at current rates. But, given time, policymakers and business leaders might be able to introduce strategies and technologies that help pivot the economy in light of changing financial environment. Indeed, a structurally weaker U.S. dollar could change the economics of goods manufacturing and lead to higher levels of reshoring and job opportunities at home. At the same time, U.S. firms doing business abroad likely would see earnings rise as foreign currencies strengthen when the U.S. dollar is brought back home. On the other hand, a sudden shock like a war or unmitigated economic collapse might lead to a sharp drop in the U.S. dollar and make it more expensive for households to spend and borrow. How so? Well, according to government data, households spent $4.3 trillion on goods at an annualized rate during the first half of 2020. At the same time, over a quarter of the goods consumed were imported from abroad. Now, this point is important because when the dollar falls, the cost of goods imported rises, and this leads to higher rates of inflation. And a sudden drop in the dollar could lead to noticeably more expensive goods on store shelves. Now, another thing that a weaker dollar could do is push up borrowing costs. Should confidence in the U.S. dollar finally wane, the Federal Reserve would likely be forced to raise interest rates to incentivize foreign investors to hold dollars. And when the Fed makes changes to its interest rate policy, it can affect borrowing costs and likely make it more expensive to borrow. In fact, rising interest rates might make it more expensive to borrow when it comes to purchasing a house or a new car. 
At the same time, higher interest rates could lead to stagnating home prices as values are typically inversely related to interest rates. Higher interest rates would also make it more expensive for local and federal governments to borrow, challenging their financial stability and also their ability to fund essential programs like Social Security and Medicare. The point here is that the effect on your finances as it relates to a weaker dollar likely will depend on whether the dollar's fall from grace occurs over a short or long period of time. Today, some individuals point to near-term weakness in foreign exchange markets or the rise of currency alternatives like gold or Bitcoin to signal an eminent demise in the US dollar. The fact is that the world remains heavily dependent on the dollar to affect international trade, settle financial transactions, and in its use as a trusted store of value. And while the impact of a sudden loss in reserve status might lead to higher inflation and borrowing costs, it remains likely that the US dollar's fall from grace may occur over an extended period of time. This potentially could give US leaders time to enact policies that could help mitigate the world's shifting preference towards the euro or the Chinese yuan as a preferred reserve currency. Even so, as we pointed out in a recent report, if your concern is rising inflation, then history has shown that financial assets are an optimal means for hedging against rising cost of living. Until then, the size, liquidity, and general stability of institutions supporting the use of the US dollar are likely to uphold its preeminent status into the foreseeable future. Well, that's it for now. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Phi Mastery Podcast. To learn more about our research, visit us at phimastery.com or email us at questions at franklinmadisonadvisors.com. Until next time, I'm Peter Bonisanu, wishing you and yours abundant health and prosperity as you pursue your own financial independence journey. Phi Mastery Podcast is brought to you by Franklin Madison Advisors, Inc. Franklin Madison Advisors is a registered investment advisor firm with its registration and principal place of business in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Registration of an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. This commentary and forecast are limited to the dissemination of general information pertaining to Franklin Madison Advisors investment advisory services and general economic and market conditions and are subject to change without notice. The information shared today is not intended to be personal, legal, investment, or tax advice or a solicitation to buy or sell any security or engage in a particular investment strategy. For additional information about Franklin Madison Advisors, including fees and services, please contact Franklin Madison Advisors or refer to the investment advisor public disclosures.